Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't know quite where to start. This is episode 138 and the conclusion of Noir Vember. Aww. For, uh, for all intents and, per- and per- purposes. <laughs> Um, we'll be doing our wrap up next week. We're, we probably were supposed to be doing it this time around, but we wanted to spend one last week uh, and watch Chinatown because Eddie yeah. has never seen Chinatown until today. Yep, I watched it right before this. <laughs> nice. And this is this is a little bit of of a departure from our usual protocol because uh, I have seen Chinatown. I think this is either my third or fourth time watching. Oh, nice. And uh, I usually when I only watch stuff for episodes that I either haven't seen or only seen once and don't have like a super solid opinion on it. Um, but we made an exception because it's Chinatown. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Chinatown. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that in a second. I'm excited to, to get into it. Um, but before we do all that, how has your week been? I had a fantastic week. Incredible. I was in Breckenridge for most of it with my family, and we skied, and we had so much fun. Um, my dad and my stepmom have adopted a baby, <laughs> which is exciting. Her name is Peanut, and she is almost three right now. And everything that she says is like just the funniest thing that I've ever heard in my life. So it was so much fun hanging out with her and my other siblings and all my family for a week in break. Like we just had the best time. I was cracking up the entire time, which was awesome. And now I'm back at school. Today was a really big day for me. I submitted my thesis proposal. All right. Yeah. In a week from today, I will do my actual like presentation on it, but I had to get my like actual like document to my committee a week in advance. So I sent it out at 5 p.m. today, the absolute like deadline. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, I feel good about it. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but I got like invited to present a paper that I wrote at a conference in San Diego in February, which is a big deal. Really exciting for Yo. me. Today is like a a travel deal day. It's called Travel Tuesday, which I didn't know about until this year, but you can book flights for like really cheap on the States, like the Black Friday of booking flights. Mm-hmm. So I booked my flights to San Diego today for only $60 round trip. Wow. And I was really thrilled about that deal. So it's been a good one. <laughs> yeah. This is all such exciting news. I know. Monumental <laughs> even <Right>. maybe. <laughs> Truly. This is, it's a big week to be Adi Rizanka. It's a big week. <laughs> and you watch Chinatown for the first yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> life-changing. <laughs> That's awesome. How uh, exciting. Things are, things are really coming together. For real. I have like two weeks basically left of the semester, which is crazy. So things have to come together. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, it feels good. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, this week is my... my Excellent vacation continued on and I made it back home. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't think there was anything like super monumental that I need to talk about, but it was just a really good time. And it, w- it was a busy time too. Uh, and now I'm back home and looking for jobs. And I actually lined up a job interview for tomorrow. 
Woo! So, Congratulations. That is really fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. The interview is uh, like a video online thing. Okay. So, but yeah, I, hopefully that all works out. Um, and I think that would be a really cool opportunity. I have another uh, quick update. This is less monumental, but uh, on the we drove to Texas and back. On the way back, I stopped and bought a pack of high chew, a bag of high chews, um, mm-hmm. at a gas station on the way back. Are you familiar with high chews? I'm a high chew fan. Yeah. Yeah, me too. My favorite flavor, the green, the green apple flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to say that in this whole bag of high chews, there was not a single green apple flavor. <laughs> That is despicable. This is the worst thing <laughs> that's ever happened to me. That is not, really not fair. Not really, but it kind of sucks. It I was like, be allowed. yeah, like how does this happen? <laughs> there must be something sinister afoot. <laughs> so hopefully that balances out. That's like the bad, and it'll like swing something to the good. So, yeah, true. So I'm, uh, I'm thankful for that aspect of it. And hopefully that's how it works out. Um, yeah, I think that's all the updates I have right now. I, I was excited about something else, but I'm not quite sure. I went shopping today with my mom and sister and bought some cool stuff. Very nice. Where'd you um, go? All around town. Thanks. I got some books at Barnes and Noble, including our next book club, The Call of Cthulhu and Other Weird Stories. Yay. It's specifically the one that's other weird stories, right? Yep. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure this is the right thing because I see the little orange penguin guy. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to read that, get started on that. Me too. And, uh, and I also bought a belt. That's the coolest thing because I've been looking for belt for forever and I found a really good one and it was on okay. sale. Nice. Congrats. Um, yeah. I think that's the extent of my updates, which means that it is now <laughs> time for the World Cup Corner. <laughs> Today was a very exciting day. It'll be yesterday by the time this episode comes out. But the United States of America won their must-win game today and advanced to the round of 16. Nice. Which is, I don't know. At first, I like was surprised by how invested in it I was. I was like, yeah, it's whatever. I was genuine, genuinely kind of going all out today so it was it was a good a good win but uh, on the teams that we actually care about for the uh the extent of the pod um portugal is one of three teams that qualified after only two games whoa basically if you win your first two games you're automatically into the next round and portugal did just that wow so you you picked a you picked a a, a winner there third eye wide open oh yeah (laughs) so they're off to a great start and we'll see uh where that goes denmark not doing as well um i actually haven't watched either of their games yet it just the timing didn't work out Uh, but by the time anyone hears this their fate will be decided because they play tomorrow morning basically if they win they're in and uh if they lose they're not going to be in Ooh. so it's it's a big game they should be set as long as they win they'll be okay um so that's that one and unfortunately i haven't had a chance to watch either of their games so i'll definitely watch that one tomorrow and then we'll see um and spain also needs to win their last game but that one i'm definitely more confident on mm-hmm. spain played really well they won their first game seven to nothing. 
seven nil, as they say. Wowie. Um, and then played Germany, who are like their two world superpowers, and they drew one one. Wow. And since they drew, they're not guaranteed out, but they should beat uh, Japan, who they're playing this week, and make it into the next round. So, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the updates I need to give. Those are the teams that we care the most about. The other mm-hmm. two, besides Portugal, that are doing real well and won their first two games are Brazil and France. Okay. Who are the big front runners? Um, there's been a lot of exciting games and a lot of kind of boring games so far. It's pretty much been one or the other, either super crazy or like not a lot going on. <laughs> a lot of uh, scoreless draws. Oh, bummer. But uh, things are heating up now that now that it's all on the line. Today was the first day of like the third match day, where mm-hmm. things get set in stone. So. Yeah, so far the teams that are in are into the next round. And I, I made a mistake when I was talking about this last time. I said there was only 16 teams total. There are 32 teams total. Oh. And it goes down to 16 starting at the knockout rounds. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, the six that are in, seven that are in so far, the three aforementioned, and today qualifying were the Netherlands, uh, Senegal, England, and the United States. So those seven are seven out of the 16 and we'll find out the remaining nine over the next few days. And the matchups will be set by the time we next record. Wow. That's exciting. There you go. That has been our world cup (laughs) corner. (laughs) All right. Before we get into the movie, I have a quick question for you. Okay. This is one that I thought up. Uh, before the episode started i've been uh kind of into like cocktails mixology type stuff here lately mm-hmm. um when we were in texas we went to uh a nice bar for happy hour uh, anyways this leads to my question which is if you had to make a cocktail or like a cocktail to assign to each of the three movies that we watch for noir vember what would they be <laughs> whoa what an interesting question <laughs> Uh, so I was kind of thinking about this one, um, and I have my answers. Okay. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to come up with one so I won't sway your your judgment? Because I'm uh, locked in on my answers. Wow. I I guess I want to hear yours, and I'll comment on the extent to which I agree. Okay. So we'll start with Chinatown, which okay. is my least effort one, because uh, Mrs. Mulray orders a Tom Collins in this one. Right. And I think that fits the movie. What's in a Tom Collins? It's gin, lemon juice, and something else. Let me look it up real quick. <laughs> but uh, she specifically asked for it with lime instead of lemon in uh, Chinatown. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. Um, I agree that Chinatown needs to have a, a citrusy drink mm-hmm. of sorts because of like the orange grove, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> yeah, it says gin, lemon juice, sugar, and carbonated water. I like that answer. I think it's referenced in the movie. It's a great pick. It fits, you know. It is a great pick. It does. It, fits. it, it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, for the big sleep, I got to go with the old fashioned. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a, it's a, it just seems like a very film noir drink and a Humphrey Bogart drink, you know? I would have to agree. 
people in that movie drink like whiskey based drinks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't picture Humphrey Bogart drinking any alcohol. That's not whiskey in some way. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart does not drink clear liquor. (laughs) (laughs) I would stake my life on that. Whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think I had a lot of trouble with touch of evil, but I think I settled on a ranch water for that one. What's in ranch water? It's tequila with, um, I think, lime juice and seltzer water. Makes sense to me. It definitely needs to be a tequila drink. That's what I thought, because Mexico. Yeah. And I don't know. It just it seemed like it would work. It's kind of simple, mm-hmm. but it's a fresh. It's a fresh take on a simple <laughs> drink, which is uh, how I feel about A Touch of Evil. A fresh take mm-hmm. on, a, on a fairly straightforward kind of formula. Great answers. I totally agree. Awesome. (laughs) I had fun with that one. That is fun. So, uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's get into Chinatown. Um, I'm trying to think of how I would introduce it. I think it's, it's a movie that people have heard about. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if everyone's seen Chinatown. I don't know if it's like one of those classics that like most everyone you talk to will have watched, but I think it's one that is definitely people that I was going to watch it today and nobody had seen it before. So that's very anecdotal, but I do think you're, you're right that it's one that everybody's heard of, but not everyone has seen. Yeah. It it seems that way. I think it's, I think it's entered kind of uh, pop culture without necessarily like, people having like watched it, I guess. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of other examples that are like that. Um, but none come directly to mind, but uh, I think I should have like researched this um, before, but I think it was a part of a series of films that Paramount produced, including the Godfather Oh, cool! Um, in the middle of the seventies. Hard to explain, but easy to group together, not necessarily like being able to explain why. So this is kind of like a nonsensical point. But if you've seen the other ones that belong to this group, it makes sense. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but it, it, it it's, uh, seems like kind of a big deal of a movie. And um, yeah, directed by Roman Polanski in 1974. This occurred after the um, Sharon Tate murders. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that that influences a lot of um, Polanski's kind of psyche going into this one. And uh, let's not discuss Mr. Roman Polanski any more than that <laughs> on this episode. We'll leave, we'll leave it there and we'll get into the movie. Starring, of course, Jack Nicholson, America's Sweetheart. <laughs> and, I love Jack Nicholson. And Addie's favorite actor. For real. Uh, what did you think of this one overall? What's your I loved it. Overall take. I'm so thrilled to say that I loved this one. Nice. It's a favorite that we've watched for November. And now, and I feel good about thinking that I like Noir's now, you know, because okay. you told me <laughs> before we watched this one that if I didn't like this one, I probably just don't like Noir's. Hmm. So a lot was riding on the on this watch for me. Um, and I'm, yeah, very thrilled to say that I loved it a lot. It really worked for me. This is also definitely my favorite um, of the ones we've watched for November. Nice. 
You like really like this one then. Cause you gave a 10 out of 10 to the last one we watched. I you? did. Yeah. Nice. This one is wow. definitely also a 10 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. And even higher 10 out of 10. Yeah. I think it's one, it's like a, one of the staples. That's kind of how I'm starting to feel about the big sleep too. But I think Chinatown just like stands apart from the genre as its own thing. And I think that's kind of a thing that we get with these neo-noirs that do a really good job. Yeah. Is that because they're not in with the rest of the pack at the time. Um, so when, when a really good one comes along and really makes a staple, like makes a statement, it becomes that staple because it's calling back to this genre that maybe people aren't like thinking mm-hmm. about all the time. And I think that this mm-hmm. one does that. Um, and I actually read Roger Ebert's review of this one um, before I watched it mm-hmm. um, to kind of refresh refresh my memory before I watched it to kind of look out for some stuff. Um, and he actually closed out that review by saying that it was a neo-noir upon release, but he thinks over time it's kind of has a claim to being a part of noir uh, I, I don't know exactly how he worded it, but like grouped in with, with the originals. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's very true. I'm I'm hesitant to say whether or not this is more of a classic noir than Touch of Evil. And I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think this this does does it all. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot while I was watching it because I was remembering about how you said when I was complaining about um, the big sleep, because I felt like it was too sincere <laughs> in, a, mm. in like a corny way. And I didn't like that. And then you were saying that like, maybe the reason why I like neo-noirs is because the sincerity is kind of gone. They get a little bit more like ridiculous and they're like more allowed to be just like over the top and strange and goofy almost. Mm. And I do like that more. And when I was watching this one, I was like, this one has like the sincerity of tone that has like not worked for me in more traditional noirs before, but it's working for me now. And I don't really fully know why. Maybe it's just because I liked the the cast more or like I mm. connected to the performances better. Or I'm also thinking maybe it's because the subject matter got a lot more dark than the ones that we've watched before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just sort of feels like with this type of story and like with the direction that it takes, I would have hated it if it tried to get silly because it was so twisted. Cause it deals like with it, some very heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it had to be very serious and very sincere. So that like more traditional noir tone, like carried over to this type of story better for me even though it's a little bit more modern i guess yeah that that makes a lot of sense and i think that that's kind of why it works in some ways too yeah um also in that roger ebert uh article review um who by the way is the absolute best i love his writing and i think that he's the entry point to anyone who's interested in reading film criticism. I think he's the clear and obvious starting point because he never gets too academic, but he still says very good and important stuff. Uh, but anyways, he, in that, in that review, he compares uh, this Giddy's character to Humphrey Bogart, I think specifically in the big sleep mm-hmm. and how that the Nicholson character is kind of an update of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little nicer 
who's yeah. who's a nice man trying his best or a nice man doing bad things. Yeah. Um, it was how we how we worded it, and I think that there's a clear line from mm-hmm. this Philip Marlowe character to JJ uh, Giddies mm-hmm. with a, like a specific edge or specific difference um, in like kind of the the subtle ways. And at least for me, I think they both work, and I think this is like a good um, continuation from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and every scene involves jack nicholson there's not a single scene in the movie that he's not in which i loved more yeah. jack nicholson <laughs> if jack nicholson's in your movie he should never be off the screen <laughs> there you go <laughs> which is pretty much what happens in this one yep um and i think that that worked as far as like you didn't need a voiceover yeah because yeah. you're you're so much from his perspective as far as just the filmmaking mm-hmm. and you kind of figure it out along with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really well done. I like fully agree with that. Um, he felt a lot more like real or maybe down to earth or something than um, mm-hmm. far low. I gotcha. Um, I also wanted to make a point about the atmosphere of this one. And specifically how the the filmmaking worked at the beginning of the movie to kind of like ease you into the atmosphere of this and like introduce you to L.A. in the 30s, you know, Um, because a lot of, you know, he gets the job. The movie starts out with him getting the job and then we get to follow him in his investigations, just kind of hanging out around town. He's following the guy and 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 it really spends this time, you know, by the 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 bay or whatever you know in kind of the city and you kind of really get to like soak it up a little bit uh before things start to move forward and i think that that's really well served because it kind of creates this atmosphere that's held up throughout the rest of the movie um and i think it's just expertly expertly done mm-hmm. i totally agree the like setting of this movie is a lot sunnier i feel than like other Norris that we've watched like it doesn't like it as like visibly dark I guess (laughs) as other ones especially this I don't know why the scene when he's in the orange grove like stood out to me so much when there's like this like car chase and he's being shot at um in among these like orange trees it because it was just so like beautiful and and sunny and like charming and stuff but Mm. but there's very noir-esque events going on (laughs) so there's like a little bit of a a disconnect there but i really liked it i thought it was like a cool spin on that gotcha that's a good point yeah there's a class it wasn't like a noir class but one of the classes i took in prague we did a week when we when we talked about some of the noir conventions and stuff Mm -hmm. um and there's like a discussion that we got into about whether or not like night is a character I guess the discussion was on on whether the city um, is a character because there's you know some examples that are more like r- rural based or whatever. But the, a point came up somewhere about how the setting at night most of the time, yeah, in a lot of these movies kind of like plays into that, and it allows for for this like crazy lighting stuff because it's all you know man made light. You can do crazier stuff with it. Mm. Um. And yeah, I, I agree how this one kind of varies it a little bit to, to good effect, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of like outdoor during the daytime scenes, which was cool. Yeah. 
oh yeah, I was going to ask, how did you feel about the mystery in this one? Like as far as like unraveling it as you, as you were watching your experience is kind of like unraveling things along with the characters. I liked it uh, by the end. There were a couple of points throughout where I felt like the clues were coming up in ways that were like too convenient <laughs> for, for the seriousness, I guess, of this movie, which kind of irritated me only a handful of times. But then by the end, I the way that um, Jack Nicholson's character was wrong a handful of times, like swayed my opinion on it for mm. some reason. I was like, oh, these clues, like, that's just too convenient. It's all falling, falling into his lap. But then it wasn't like he was led astray by the convenience of the clues that he thought he was finding, I guess. And that oh, made yeah. it more uh, believable to me and like less, less annoying, I guess. I don't know. So by the end, when the mystery is like fully unfolded, I was like completely on board with it. Mm -hmm. What yeah. about you? Um, so, yeah, this is something I was thinking about while watching it is that there's kind of two different mysteries that you're dealing with as the viewer. And one of them is kind of obvious. You can kind of guess it fairly early on um, with like the water stuff and like the conspiracy right. take over the water. Um, yeah. But the other one is regarding this, this uh, mystery woman character who we originally think is uh, Mulray's mistress. Mm -hmm. And that one you don't think of because your mind doesn't go to that. Like the truth that yeah. the answer to it is so twisted and messed up that you yeah. don't think of it. And I thought that that was so effective at like hooking the viewer in as far as like, you, you know, the general story. And I think that Giddies is kind of in the same boat of mm -hmm. like the, something's going on. The pieces connect in some way and you come up with yeah. your own ideas about it. Um, and then there's just still this like nagging mystery of like, who is this? There's like this, just like a missing piece. Um, that's just like lingering there. Mm -hmm. and you just you, you wouldn't ever think of, yeah of how it ends up i completely agree and i like that they're going on kind of simultaneously because i it did that like noir classic thing i guess where like the the actual mystery that needs to be solved then like leads into this much deeper much more complex thing mm -hmm. than um, what the detective character like ever thought that he was going to get himself into and this one did it probably my favorite of like all of the noirs that we've seen so far. Cause I liked that they, that the like two mysteries, like kind of the original and then also this like a uh, stranger, more vague one are going on at the same time throughout the whole movie. Like it wasn't just like one got easily solved, but there's still something wrong is kind of like the pieces for both are like sort of falling into place. And you're right that one of them was like way more predictable than the other one, but I don't know. I just liked it. I liked the pacing of it more than the others, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is like uh, often cited as like one of the best uh, scripts ever written. And I have to agree, you know, it just, it's so like well-tuned and well-timed. Everything just, just rides together so well. Yeah. The only thing, the only screenplay I think that like genuinely holds up to this one and kind of like is in that, that S tier for me of movies I've seen is The Apartment. Um, I think those are both of both of these movies are just like I can't find any faults in yeah. uh, any any of the uh, any of the way that it that it plays out and and just how like well written it all is. Nice. Yeah, the screenplay. 
this is I, I took another class on about like a screenplay class, a screenwriting class. Um, and one of the texts, uh, I think his name is Sid Field screenplay, but he talks about this movie like an unbearable amount. <laughs> I think there's like three, there's, a, there's one full chapter probably dedicated to Chinatown and like mm-hmm. two or three others where it's a, a key part of whatever he's trying to say. So it, it definitely like fits that Hollywood screenplay build. Um, and is one of the best, one of the best examples of it. And and it really does hold up. Um, and I did want to jump back to a point you made about, uh, originally like entering the story to figure something out and then it it goes farther in um and i think we had the same moment in this one that we had in the big sleep where it's like okay you figured out what you were like what you originally set out to Mm -hmm. so why are you still here what's going on (laughs) and this one came out probably earlier this is probably like you know the the turn of the second act um in this one and i think that probably i'm sure sid field said something about that that (laughs) that that's the turning point that leads to the second act um but i think that that moment is so is such like an important thing to the essence of this kind of private eye type story you know where it's like you've you've found out what you set out to find out so why are you still here right and it's because well they didn't find what what they set to found find out mm-hmm. you know there's still there's still stuff to kind of unravel and I think that, that that's kind of like the essence of this type of story and I just appreciated that that was there um, in both of these pictures. Me too. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is one of the cases where where it's just the movie is just so good that you don't really even know what to kind of point out about it i know (laughs) i liked the relationship in this one uh more than i expected to i feel like i tend to like not like this is what i kind of said about the big sleep i didn't like Mm -hmm. the flirtiness um in that movie because it felt like mean or something or like a power imbalance i don't know i just didn't get on board with that relationship the way that i did in this movie okay and i'm not entirely sure why and it might just be because i like jack nicholson yeah I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure because, yeah, because I, I disagreed with you on that one on the big sleep. Yeah, because I I really like that relationship dynamic and I thought that they were like well matched and well balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this one maybe it, it stems from this kind of idea that she's always withholding something. Yeah, maybe you never really know the full story, and when you until like the end when there's like this really emotional moment yeah where kind of the whole wall falls down yeah and i think that that it's important that that moment happened after they got together i guess mm-hmm. um yeah i agree with that because you know they sleep together and then there's still this distrust there mm-hmm. that kind of shades things one way and then when it kind of all falls down it completes the relationship you know like it yeah it's the so they get together but then there's still once again this piece that's not there mm-hmm. um and you know the more i'm talking about it now it, it feels like there's always it's like a it's like the jigsaw puzzle and you're missing that yeah. last piece and then 
when it finally falls in, like everything makes sense to you, the viewer and the yeah. characters, the, the maybe just uh, Giddy's. Yeah. He's the only one that really kind of gets the whole story, but it works because he's yeah. the character we follow the entire time. Yeah. And so when I, he figures it out, it all clicks for us as well. And I think that that is important and works. Yeah, I agree. And when he figures it out, he has this like, this like understanding and compassion towards her that I really liked. And he was mm. just kind of immediately like, I'm just going to do whatever I can to help you like get what you need to resolve this. You know what I mean? And I really like, there was like no questioning it. There was no like doubt in his mind. He just immediately was like, I'm okay. I'm going to help you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point because I think it's, it's quite jarring the way that he hits her right before this revelation. Yeah. And it, it, it's a moment that you're just like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I really agree with what you said that he's just a little bit nicer than the detective in the big sleep. Like he's still, he does some really questionable things throughout this movie, especially hitting her. That really, uh, did not like sit well, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like an aspect to it. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off you uh, just on that point. There's like an aspect to it of he's getting beat up this whole time. Yeah. And that frustration boils over and finds, you know, the nearest target, which is, which shouldn't, is not the basis for all of that at all. Right. But the moment right after there's such like a, wall coming down like such yeah. like a like a grief and dis like um uh guilt at it yeah immediately seriously. after that like if if that was saved till later it would leave a bad taste it's yeah as he finally boils over she finally reveals this and he's just like oh man <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> what have i done this whole like what have i been doing this whole time honestly yeah exactly it was he's such a like he's still such a flawed like private investigator, which I think is like important to these mm. types of stories. But yeah, I was just able to get a little bit more on board with it this time. Yeah. So I think I, I did want to definitely talk about this, but after we got through everything else, which is how this movie ends. Tragic. What a gut punch of an ending. For real. I was really, really distraught about the end. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> I think this movie doesn't get as crazy as it does. Like, doesn't doesn't succeed. Like, doesn't stand out amongst mm -hmm. everything else without the brutality of its ending. Yeah. It's just such a sinking feeling that it leaves you with. Yeah. I felt it the same way at the end of uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah, it was the same level of devastation. And I think what it is is like a is like a continual like um progression of intensity. Yeah. That just like reaches a point and then just immediately falls out completely yeah. and you don't know what to do with that. Yeah, and there's that same like almost moment of hope too. Like they're in the car in this one, they're about mm -hmm. to get away and it is like snatched so suddenly yeah yeah it, it's really tough when you consider like well how how things end for everyone yeah and i think it, the the morals that that leaves you with i think really kind of 
completes the message of this movie, I guess. The whole time I was watching it for the first time, um, if I recall correctly, I was like, okay, yeah, but why is it called Chinatown? Like it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't really apply to, to much of what's going on. I was thinking that too. And then you kind of just get this re- recurring the mention of like, yeah. what are you going to do? It's Chinatown. <laughs> and even though it's never like concretely addressed at that last moment, you just, you know, it, it all clicks together kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Into this like hopelessness. That's a, like, a great last line. Yeah. I too. agree. <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there's something something really devastating about Noah Cross exiting the movie with the daughter, I guess. Yeah, I know. It broke my heart. And she seems... I Her, like, screaming makes you feel like she's so much more aware of the situation, I think, than her mom slash sister thought that she was, or at least that's how I felt. Like I felt like her mom slash sister was like trying to kind of keep her in the dark about like the horrors of what was going on there and thought that she was doing a good job. But like, I don't know something about him dragging her off in the way that she's like clearly so terrified of being pulled away by him makes you like leads you to believe that she was a lot more aware. Yeah. Than one would think. Yeah, and I mean, even just like the way that that everyone like reacts to at the at the beginning of that scene when everyone shows yeah. up, and yeah. it's there's like, I think I think there's an element of like confusion of what's going on to it because I, yeah. I don't think it's clear watching it. Like, you, you kind of know what Giddies is going for there, yeah, but you're not really sure at like where everyone stands as it all plays out, yeah, and that that confusion and the way that it only kind of releases itself through how it does you know yeah. um i was gonna say it's really good and it is it's really good filmmaking um but uh yeah very uh poignant yeah it was wrenching dude i was so upset <laughs> at that scene yeah and I, and I think it's i think it's also important too that as we we, we pull away at the end of them walking away and we see all the other people kind of crowding around to see what's going on. And I think it just like hammers home this message of like, this is things don't really change. This is just how yeah things go. What, what are you going to do? Like, what can yeah. you do? Yeah, exactly. Um, that really kind of just pulls everything presented together in a, in a, in a way that I think is unique and kind of what sets, what sets this apart from mm-hmm like specifically like noir genre pictures i guess yeah um because i think a lot of times we'll end with something happening to like our lead or um like some realization that they have that's more on a personal level mm-hmm. but i think this one takes the extra step by really kind of pointing out a wider societal theme mm-hmm. that doesn't play specifically out on this one character it's a more general thing we just see what's going on through his eyes and i think that that's really important i really agree with that 
it stands out. It does. It really stands out. I don't know. Is there anything else we need to say about Chinatown? I don't think so. I think it's one of the greats. Me too. It is my favorite noir now. Big fan. Nice. Yeah, really glad that we watched it. It's a November miracle. November miracle. <laughs> um, you like Touch of Evil though, didn't you? I did like Touch of Evil, yeah. Okay. But I didn't I like loved this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This one is above and beyond to me. Yeah. For me, I guess they started out strong and got even stronger. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. like Touch of Evil. I loved The Big Sleep. And Chinatown, you know, kind of really stands out to me as one of the. Yeah. This, I think, will definitely be the most memorable one to me mm-hmm. going forward from what we watched this month. This noir member. Nice. A noir member miracle. All right. Let's get a rating and recommendation. Okay. I was going to give it a 9 out of 10, but after talking about it, I think I might give it a 10 out of 10. All right. Was, I don't have to actually like have any like faults with it. And I don't know the way that it's like lingering. I don't know these upsetting feelings. I think yeah. I'm going to carry for the next couple of days. Um, Cause it was just that impactful and that well done, I guess. So yeah, 10 out of 10. And I would highly recommend to anybody who's questioning whether or not they like Mars <laughs> or who likes Jack Nicholson, but I don't know, just like be warned, I guess it's, it's a lot more disturbing than I expected it to be mm. going. Through. Fair. Yeah. I watched this one on canopy and they gave me a warning. I think they just do it for all R rated movies, but they, okay. they said that there's some disturbing stuff in this one. You have to click like, okay, I got it. I understand. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they want to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Uh, this one is a 10 out of 10 for me as well. I think this, does this one go into the hall of fame? I think it does. I think it does too. It's it's like the peak of November, which we dedicated to like a whole yeah. thing too. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're coming out of November with a new Hall of Famer. Nice. Very nice. Big You'll success. You'll love to see it. Yeah. Definitely watch this. One. Yeah. Watch this one. Um, it's Chinatown. What are you going <laughs> to do? All right. Now I really want to see, I want to find a classic noir that you'll really like now though. Okay. I will use what I've learned from these episodes in November and come up with some <laughs> suggestions. I think Laura is a one that you might would like. I've been meaning to rewatch it. Okay. Um, because I haven't seen it in a while. And I think I, I gave it a nine when I first saw it. Okay. And I think that it just having watched more stuff now, I think it might be a 10 out of 10 on rewatch. Okay. Um, and so I haven't seen it in a while. So I don't know whether I'd recommend it to you. Completely, but I think that that one might be a a strong contender. Okay, Um, and I'll think up of some other ones. Do you think I should watch Double in Indemnity? I do. Yeah. What is the second word? Indemnity. Indemnity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like insurance. I'll watch that one this week before wrap up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. That'll be cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that one. Me too. Because, yeah, that's that's my answer to that question of uh, places to start as far as classics yeah. go. I think if you watch that one and The Big Sleep, 
this is to anyone. Any any uh, listeners can can call in after watching those two movies <laughs> and tell me what you liked and didn't like about them, and I will recommend you more. Because <laughs> I think I think those two kind of cover a lot of the the standards. Okay. And what you pull from those, um, kind of directs you into to cool other territory. Yeah. It's so nice to have such personalized noir recommendations. Yeah, and I, 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 sh- I shouldn't be recommending. Like, I don't know. I need to watch a lot more myself before I can, uh, um, really get into like some some deep cuts. I guess, but I've seen most of like the heavy hitter classics now. Mm-hmm. Not all of those. There's still a few that I'm missing, but I've seen a good amount. So. <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to continue to watch a couple more before the month ends to hopefully before wrap up and uh, get a pretty good uh, catalog, I guess. Sweet. Uh, cool. So I think that does it for Noir Vember. It's been fun doing this. I've. Uh, it really has. I think we should make it a podcast tradition. I'm down. Great. I've learned a lot and I think I'll learn even more. Honestly, me as well. As what we, an adventure uh, it's been. As we get deeper into the rabbit hole year by year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's cool. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had a good time. Me too. I'm really glad. So going forward, I think if uh, as if we figure out the book club stuff, we might have a plan till New Year's. Wow. And I finished the other books I was reading like pretty over the last week or so. So I'm down to just start this one and dig in and get it done by the third week of December. Okay. Would you be able to do that also? Yeah. Should we shoot for that? Yep. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. We do next week, November wrap up. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I want to watch Black Christmas, (laughs) which we talked about at the end of October. (laughs) Okay. I, I think that would be cool. And then we can do book club. And then December wrap up and then New Year's special. Perfect. There you have it. We're, we, there's the plan for the <laughs> for the next five weeks. Wow. Wow, we we're on top of things. Very nice. Feels good. All right. The the roadmap is in place and we'll see if we need to deviate from it or not, but we got a plan. Which means all that is left to do for this time around is to recommend an album. Do you have an album to recommend? I'm going to recommend Mood Valiant by Hiatus Coyote, um, which is spelled really weird. It's not spelled like normal coyote. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Um, I really have come to like Hiatus Coyote a lot. They have like a very, they're an Australian band and they have a very funky funky fresh sound <laughs> nice um and as lead- australian bands tend to do yeah <laughs> the lead singer has a really cool voice uh, i just really find it interesting i like the way that her voice sounds um and also this hiatus coyote is like the favorite band of a person that i went to moab with for a week and every time I listen to it now, I listen to like them now, I think about that time. So they've become like very mm. nostalgic for me. And I think that 
they like have the possibility of doing that for anybody because they have such a distinct sound. So like any time period that you spend listening to them a lot, I think will become very memorable to you <laughs> every time you hear them again, if that makes sense. Because nice. it'll stand out in your brain. I feel strongly about that. I guarantee it. There you go. Makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I just realized that probably next week we'll have our Spotify wrapped out. Doesn't it usually come out like right at the beginning of December? Yeah. Cool. We'll have to devote a segment to that next, okay. next week. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. My album this time around is Scott three by Scott Walker. This is directly related to Chinatown for no other reason that it just remind. I just thought of this <laughs> of Scott Walker after watching this. I think, I think the music in Chinatown, which I guess what you didn't talk about in the main part, but I love the music in this movie. Yeah. Um, just kind of reminded me of Scott Walker. And this is the album of his that I've listened to the most. Scott Walker, if to describe him, uh, this album's from 1969, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it came out before Chinatown. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were listening to Scott Walker before they made <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Never know. Uh, the best way to describe him, I would say, would be like one of those crooner guys, like Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin, but uh, more psychedelic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's the best description I can give. And uh, I would urge everyone to check it out. Give it a listen. Nice. And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, listen I'm currently trying to dig into more of his discography, but this is the album that introduced me to Mr. Scott Walker. Scott three, which is, believe it or not, his third album. It's kind of a Led Zeppelin kind of deal. Uh, all right. I think that does it. Nice. Noir Vember in the can. In the bag. I guess can is more like it's getting cut off. Yeah, true. Um, cool. Very cool. Next week, we'll have November wrap up. Noir Vember yeah. wrap up even. Um, and from then on, we got the roadmap set. So have a great week, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, check out Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Check out Double Indemnity and The Big Sleep. Woo! And uh, let us know what you thought about all of them. And other yeah. noir movies we should watch on next Noir Vember. Yes. We'll take some requests for that. Yes. And uh, yeah, do great things this week and uh, keep up the good work. We believe in you. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye now.